Mondro here, Coach Dro, the head women's basketball coach at Clary University. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today, we are talking to Rashad Phillips. Rashad Phillips is the author of the new book, The Evolution is Being Televised. Rashad Phillips breaks down how the evolution of basketball has called for updated terminology for player positions. And Rashad's going to give you fascinating personnel stories of NBA and college players explaining where they belong in his new position metric. And Rashad's new position metric provides an innovative tool to aid coaches, scouts, evaluators from all levels in identifying players for drafting, recruiting, and roster placement. I had the opportunity to have a front row seat to watch Rashad's incredible college career at the University of Detroit. Rashad scored 2,319 points over his amazing career playing for Coach Perry Watson. With the Titans, Rashad is a two-time Horizon League Men's Basketball Player of the Year in 2000 and 2001. Rashad received the 2001 Francis Pomeroy Naismith Award from the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame as a leading player in the nation, standing six feet tall and under. Rashad was also a 2001 Honorable Mention All-American. As you soon will hear in this podcast, Rashad was part of terrific teams that defeated both St. John's and UCLA in the NCAA tournament. Rashad was teammates with current New Orleans Pelicans head coach, Willie Green. After college, Rashad played seven years professionally with stops in Australia, France, Greece, Italy, Portugal, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Rashad Phillips and learn about his amazing book. Rashad, why through your website, your social media posts, your NBA draft guide, your appearance on mainstream media, your training of high-level players, and your new book, The Evolution is Being Televised, do you coach? I coach because I love injecting this generation with positivity. I love taking my experiences being able to help navigate the sports world for this generation. I feel that I was always born to give back, to teach, to help guide. That's why I coach. Really cool. All right. So before we dive into this book, 2,319 points at the University of Detroit, NCAA tournament wins versus St. John's and UCLA, honorable mention, All-American. We go on and on and on about your accolades as a player. And I was firsthand front row for all of that. You are truly <laughs> one of the most incredible basketball players I ever set my eyes on. Thank you. But your dad, Virgil Phillips, how did he make an impact in your life, Shad? Yeah, I think, you know, my dad, I think it even goes back further to my dad's big brother, my uncle, Eddie Phillips. I think he was the one who turned my dad on to sports at a young age. And that kind of got my father's attention to kind of instill his love for football, basketball, baseball, and me. A lot of people don't know 
that my name, Rashad, I'm named after a, a football player, Ahmad Rashad. A lot of people don't know that. So my father was just so engulfed into sports that it just kind of rubbed off on me at an early age. And I took to it and started to get really good at it. And, and my dad was just, it was tremendous in, in creating an atmosphere for me to always feel like an athlete. Like the our, our home was filled with basketball hoops and footballs and baseballs and baseball bats and jerseys. And like I, I, I always grew up in a sports environment. So it was just something that consumed me and something that was able to work well for me down the line. Talk to me about your mom, though, Shot. What type of impact mm-hmm. did she make in your life? My mom was always the backbone. She was my sounding board. She still is today. Just as a kid, she always kept me grounded. She always provided the human side to everything. As far as my dad was just all sports, sports, sports. <laughs> my mom always allowed me to continue to just be a kid. She bought me toys and, you know, she... She did the motherly things that just kind of kept me level-headed at that time. And as I got older, she still would always remind me to step outside of that sports box and to meet new people and and learn and navigate and create resources for yourself. So she kind of instilled that human nature part of me that still have today. So she was instrumental in the growth of me as just a person outside of sports. So that number 2319, I mean, it's obviously, we're going to link it to your website here in a second. How can that number 2319 be a a numerical motivation to inspire others? Yeah, I think when you look at my story, 2,319 points, you know, that again, like you said, it's, it's a numerical representation of the journey that I took to get there. You know, being small and always told that you could never play at that level, told that you know, not highly recruited and always, you know, turned away, kind of alienated from the game a lot. And to be able to battle through all of that and then end up with those type of numbers, for me, that's why it's so significant and how I like to share my story with other, not only athletes, but just people in general. It's just um, being able to overcome something. I've had the chance to have... 2,319 points as a a numerical representation of overcoming obstacles. So last night, watching the Titans defeated Tulsa, Antoine Davis Mm -hmm. obviously broke your record. And and his current Mm -hmm. climb just passed Danny Manning last night. Yeah. What type of special player is he? Well, I think he's obviously he's a great scorer, right? You know, what he brings to the table, obviously, is shot making. And I think there's no substitute for players that can make shots. Since day one, since he arrived on campus, the one thing that he could always do is put the ball in the basket. You tag that with his father being able to coach him, that just makes him even more of a dangerous player. Because now he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. He can just play his game. He can be great. What he's done for not only college basketball, but what he's done for the University of Detroit, I don't think it's celebrated enough for my liking. But I think he will go down as, as, you know, one of the greater talents that the university has ever seen. And I just hope that we continue to echo his name when he's gone. And um, I I love watching him play. One last thing I'm playing. So obviously the records, honorable mention, All-American. But like you had you were part of a lot of winning when you played for Perry Watson. I mean, we talked about in the intro. St. John's, yeah. UCLA, you play with Jermaine Jackson, your backcourt mate, you play with so many great players, rest in peace, mm-hmm. Brian Alexander, uh, E.J. Harrelson, yeah. 
Derek Hayes, yeah. you know, going on and on and on. So many. And then obviously you and Willie Green tag up and you go to the mm-hmm. garden. But mm-hmm. like, why do you think you, you know, we're going to talk about here about why mid-major guards are built to destroy. And obviously you and JJ and Willie were, were great examples of that. But why do you think, Rashad, you guys won so much in college? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for me uh, individually, I've always won everywhere I went. Mm. Yeah, I, I won in elementary school. I won in AAU, I won in middle school, I won in high school, and I won in college. And then when you start surrounding yourself with other winners, you start to create this contagious energy of holding yourself to a certain standard. And I think what we were able to do at the University of Detroit was we were able to hold each other accountable. When you're able to hold your teammate accountable, that a lot of times equates to winning games. For me, a lot of people don't know this, and I talked about this in my book, but I went 49-1 and in four years in college. Like, nobody talks about that. Like, the scoring is great. Like, you know, I was the all-time leading scorer for a while, but I didn't go to University of Detroit to to be a scoring leader. Mm. That was never in my mind when I signed off to go to University of Detroit was to be the all-time leading scorer. I didn't even start as a freshman. So when you look at what I was able to do as far as scoring the ball, I wasn't even there to score. I was there to win. So when you brought up winning, that's what I want to be remembered as, as a winner. Like I won 93 games in four years and only lost one time on my home floor. I don't think you can find a college basketball player right now with that record. You can find a lot of guys with 2,000 points, but you can't find guys that are 49 and 1. Yeah, for sure. A lot of high-level basketball there, incredible basketball players. I'm just blessed to be a small part of it. So, all right, here we go. I have the book on pre-order. I'm fascinated. Your social media post, last night on Twitter, I'm just reading and reading and reading, and I'm just like, okay, I got like 25 minutes of window with shot. I can't do this forever. But what (laughs) in the world is basketball position metric? Well, the title of the book is The Evolution is Being Televised, and then it breaks down into the basketball position metric. So it's almost two titles to the book, right? It's a title and there's a subtitle. So I have to tell you why I named it the evolution is being televised before I can give you the basketball position metric. Let's do it. So the reason I named the book the evolution is being televised is because it's self-explanatory. When you turn on the TV and watch sports in itself, not just basketball, when you watch sports today, you're watching evolution. When you look at the quarterback position with Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, these guys are different than the quarterbacks we watched back in the day with Bernie Kosar and John Elway and Joe Montana. Like, we're watching evolution on TV. When you look at the basketball players that we watch today, the LeBron James and the Steph Currys and the Trey Youngs and John Morant, those guys, are that's evolution that, that we're watching. So that's what I came up with. The evolution is being televised because it's on TV every day. Then when you talk about the basketball position metric, it coincides with the evolution is being televised because the game has evolved so much that it has outgrown the five standard positions that were given to us in the 1940s, 1950s. Giannis Antetokounmpo, his position did not exist in 1940, in 1950. His style of play wasn't birthed in 1940 and 1950. So I came up with positions 
that we're watching on TV today that fit today's mode of player. And that's how I came up with both of those titles for my book. Hmm. All right. So I love this quote. It's in a lot of your tweets. You talk about why are so many players losing out on being drafted, recruited due to a frozen Mm -hmm. template in which Mm -hmm. scouts, coaches don't have enough terms to properly categorize players. That's a lot to unpack, but unpack it for (laughs) me, Shad. Yeah, I'll give you the short, I'll give you the short version of it. Yeah, I'm going to make people buy this book, Shad. So give us the short version, (laughs) but I'd love to hear it. I deal with tons and tons and tons of players and families today. My phone rings all day with college coaches, high school coaches, parents, players. And the common denominator in all of the conversations that I have with the parents, the players, the coaches is that they've all been conditioned to follow a frozen template. And this frozen template is point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. And what they're all trying to do is jam players that don't fit none of those positions into those boxes. And the result of that is a disaster a lot of times. And parents are don't know how to categorize their own kid. What is my son? My son's not a power forward. He's not a center. But they're making him this. Coaches are trying to recruit kids that from using the frozen template and it's messing up their programs because you're trying to pigeonhole certain kids to come to your program, but they just don't fit. So the kids end up in a transfer portal. The coach gets fired because so there's this madness that this ongoing vicious madness cycle that I've created a book to break this cycle of madness of basketball that we're all bumping our heads against the wall because we are following this frozen template that really doesn't exist anymore. So is the hybrid example, the hybrid guard, maybe one idea of what you touch about in the book of a position that is, doesn't fit this frozen template? Oh, yeah. Like I have an entire giant chapter of the hybrid guard position. I have a giant chapter for every position. So I have I talk about the five standard positions and I have chapters for those five positions, but also have seven additional new positions that I have seven giant chapters. So there's 12 chapters of positions and stories uh, that fit all these positions. And my story is actually in there because I categorize myself in there. So, yeah, the hybrid guard position is something that has been around for over 30 to 40 years, but hasn't been diagnosed that you look at a hybrid guard as being a Steph Curry. Right. He's the greatest hybrid guard of all time. But you look at a guy like Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, he was a hybrid guard, mm-hmm. you know? So in the chapter, I break down the hybrid guard position and, and break down the origin of it and get down to the root of it. So when you think about like sports, so my book is a lot like when you go on Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com Mm. takes you all the way to the root of your origin. And from that origin, you can follow it all the way up the tree. And that's what I do in my book. I break down the origin of the old positions, and I break down the origin of the new positions that I have. And hybrid guard is one of those origins that I break down. All right, so the mid-major guard being built to destroy, I mean, obviously you were, yeah. we touched on a little bit earlier. Is that a, a yeah. spinoff or a playoff of the hybrid guard? Like how? 
And obviously, one of the things I love too about your shot is you're just advocating guys all the night, <laughs> all the time on social media. You know, I think guys that might have been, you know, similar to a little bit of your story in terms of college that, yeah, you know, yeah. the other night yeah. you had a gentleman from Siena, you know, just advocating him, Ooh. and I'm reading about him, and you know, it was every night I'm reading about someone, but like this mid major, mid major guards yeah. being built to destroy. Where did this come from? Yeah, so that isn't a necessarily about a position that's mm-hmm. necessarily that's more about a mindset mid-major players but in particular mid-major guards are just they're ruthless and the reason that they're that way is because the mid-major guard we always feel slighted we always feel that we should have been at the bigger schools opposed to whoever they have there so when you look at guys like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, the John Morant, and the Fred Van Vliet, and the list just goes on and on, including myself and Willie Green and Jermaine Jackson, like all David Bailey, the great, like all mm. Damon Stringer, like all these great mid-major guards that I've come across and seen with my own eyes. The one thing that we all have in common is that we can't wait to play against somebody that the masses are saying is better than us. Like, we live for those moments. We live for those games. And that's why I say mid-major guards, even today, and I'll stand on this hill, I believe mid-major guards are better than high-major guards as a whole. There may be some high-major guards that can hold their own, obviously, but from top to bottom, I believe mid-major guards are better than high-major guards top to bottom. I'll always believe that. And when you look at the NBA today, the best player in the NBA to me is Steph Curry. He's a mid-major guard. Damian Lillard and like John Morant, like these guys are superstars. (laughs) He's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. These guys are all mid-major guys. What about the dual forward position? Is that another metric or, you know, another one of your formulations about, you know, the next level position. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. The dual forward position is what LeBron James is. It's what Luka Doncic is. It's what Giannis Antetokounmpo is. It was what Grant Hill was. It was what Scottie Pippen was. It was what Lamar Odom was. The dual forward, when you take the word dual, the word dual meaning multiple, multiple skill sets from the forward position. So in my book, I break down the origin and why I named it that and why players fit that description. When you talk about LeBron James as one of the greatest players of all time, but he is the greatest dual forward of all time. He's the oracle. Um, He's the ideation of that position. And Larry Bird was a dual forward. So the book is so fascinating because it has these new origins of positions mm. that once you get into these chapters, you're just you're just going to lose yourself in these chapters. And when you're done with the book, you're just going to feel so enlightened about the game and so in tune in what's going on today and how it really originated. It's going to make your experience in watching basketball that much more sharper and funner. Well, I'm not going to reveal all the positions because I want people to buy the book. And personally, I want to read the positions. <laughs> but, you know, you mentioned a couple of things like you talked about parents. How do you think your book would help a parent? You know, we're both parents. Your daughter's 
you know, both of your daughters, exceptional athletes. We're going to talk about raising your daughters here in a second, but like, yeah, how does this book, how could it inspire a parent, especially if they're, you know, if their yeah. son or daughter is, you know, pretty passionate yeah. about playing the game? Yeah. So this is, you know, I wrote this book for multiple reasons. So one of my motivations in writing this book was to create a guide for parents. And this guy, basically, I have parents who don't know what their kids are as far as basketball positions. Mm. Like they just, they're lost. Like, Hey man, my son, I had a parent call me about two months ago. His son's averaging like 32 points a game in high school. And he's still like, well, I don't know the position. Like, I don't know what he is. He's not really a point guard. He's not really this. He's not really that. So what is he? Like, can you diagnose him for me? Right? Like the book is for parents to really get rid of the gray area of position and to find exactly what you are. And I think this is going to be a fixture for the basketball world for the next 30 years, because this is just volume one that I have. There's going to be more books written after this, but this is going to be the standard for parents, the guideline for coaches and college coaches and NBA personnel and scouts. It's a one book fit all guideline Mm. and it'll continue to grow and it'll continue to evolve over the years. So I have a lot of younger coaches that listen to this podcast, a lot of college coaches too. Why should a high school or college coach, and obviously you mentioned scouts, I can't wait for them to read this, but why would a high school or college young coach, you know, want to purchase this book? Well, in the book, I, I talk about roster construction and I believe from grassroots all the way to the professional ranks, in order to have a successful team, you have to learn how to build out a roster. You have to learn how to coach in different ways. I think the downside to a lot of grassroots coaching is that they're still stuck into pigeonholing kids into these five positions. For an example, these are all stories that I've lived. I had a kid that was more of a stretch big, like more of a a big that can step out and make jump shots. Mm. But his high school coach was trying to make him a center. And the high school coach and the kid and the parent, they clashed because the high school coach continued to try to make him a back-to-the-basket big when this kid was a stretch big. So I had to get in between that, talk to the high school coach, and give the high school coach the kid's actual identity and break it down what the kid was. And then the coach started to change his coaching methods and really fit this kid the way he plays. And now this kid right now is averaging like 22 and 10, and he's shooting 40% from three because this coach kind of balled up and got rid of the frozen template and started to open his mind and start to, instead of pigeonholing this kid, he opened up his mind for the kid and allowed him to play to his identity and to his skill traits. And it was a win-win. So that's why my book is very important because it can solve a lot of those issues that we have across the country with the coach trying to jam a kid into a position that they don't fit. Mm, Pretty cool. It's also pretty cool when you see like LeBron tweet about you, you see Jalen Rose, you see Chris Webber mentioned Morant, you take your daughter there. He comes over, daps you up (laughs) like for the basketball community. And obviously we're talking about LeBron James, the pinnacle, mm-hmm. the pinnacle, like for guys in Morant, yeah. you know, like top 10 player in the league for those guys to be so receptive to your 
basketball perceptions, identities, definitions. Yes. How rewarding is that for you? It obviously, it's very rewarding for me, but I think it goes back to my upbringing. I am what I am. And the old saying is, you attract what you are. There's a saying out there. And I believe I attract what I am. It brings on, you know, players of, of all walks of life. You know, obviously LeBron James, John Moran, and Trey Young, and the list goes on and on of the players that I'm able to text and talk to and because they understand, we understand each other's world. We understand, we speak the same language, you know, and John Morant sees me and I see him, we see each other. I was John Morant before John Morant, you yeah. know, and so there's a, a mutual respect there because these players, they know enough of my story to say Rashad is one of us. And I think that's the highest compliment that you can receive at my age in the position that I'm in today is to be able to have the respect of superstar players in the NBA. You know, Rashad, when you spend some time with these guys in the summer and in, in your past, you're doing some high level training with boys and girls. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. kind of, what's the core of your training? I mean, we don't have to go on forever, but like, you know, when I, I remember yeah. rebounding for you when I was, <laughs> 22 years old and you used to get mad at me you wouldn't count it unless it was a swish and i used to get so mad but you know and that's just something you know i, I tell that to players that i've coached over the years i was around one of the greatest mid-major guards ever and the guy did not count it unless it was a swish no and if you go to a duke practice or you watch them on tv on espn whatever like yeah they're talking all about you know, perfect shots, wishes, but like what's been some yeah. of the things that you just try when you get in a gym, like what's at the core of your teaching? I think the core of my teaching is having ultimate confidence and ultimate belief in your own individual craft. Mm. If you don't believe in your own individual craft, then you will not succeed in this game. I teach that to all of my all of my kids that I used to train, I teach that to the prospects that I train now, right. is having ultimate belief in your individual craft. Whatever your individual craft is, you have to have the ultimate belief in that in order for it to do magical things for you. So me personally, as a player, I had ultimate belief in my range. I had ultimate belief in my ball handling. I had ultimate belief in my passing my free throw shooting. So therefore, it did magical things for me. So on the outside, it looked like, man, like this dude is a walking highlight. But for me, it wasn't highlight. It was just who I was. So I worked for 10 years for Rob Murphy when he was at Eastern. And you know, one of the things that Murph always talked about was mindset. And I, I love it earlier. You talked about your mindset. What's your mindset, Rashad, in raising two daughters? Wow, man. You have to be really understanding when you have daughters. You have to have a, a emotional side to you when you have daughters. I've learned that over the years is to be emotional towards them, to have understanding towards them, and also to have patience. I've learned that, and they've taught me that. And but I still have shared the same lessons that was instilled in me. I'm growing up as far as holding yourself accountable, 
believing in yourself and not having excuses when you fail. And I teach that to both of my children. My oldest daughter, she's 16. She's a 4.3 student. She wants to become a doctor. She goes to private school. She's just a brainiac. She's super smart, just a great kid. And my youngest one, she is, she's a spitting image of me. Like she is me in a female form. Like she does everything she loves. She's my call of duty partner online. We play video games. She is just a female version of me. Mm. And it's, it's so cool to see her grow. And it's actually fun raising, obviously, both of my children, but my youngest one, because we have a lot of the same similarities. She has my temper. She has my drive. And she follows everything I do. So she's just such a, a daddy's girl. My 16-year-old, she's more laid back. She's a lot more like my brother. She's reserved. Mm. She's smart. She's honest. It's just a wonderful time to watch both of my daughters just grow. So Rashad, how can someone get your book? How can we pre-order the book? You can go to my website, which is sportstalk2319.com. You can pre-order it there. The book will be available probably in the next four weeks. It's going to be one of those books that you're going to have to read it three or four times to really get everything. It's not one of those one-time reads and you got it, it's going to be like, man, I need to go back into that chapter. Like you may be watching the game and say, man, I need to go back in that chapter because Rashad kind of broke this player down. I need to go back and read up on it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those type of books and it's evergreen. So in 10 years, it's going to still feel brand new when you read it. I wrote it that way. Mm, that's amazing. I'm so appreciative of your time tonight, Rashad. I'm going to share this story that you probably won't like, but it's going to tell everyone how proud I am of you back when we were at the University of Detroit together and you were this incredible player an incredible winner and I'm so thankful that you highlighted the winning tonight you know I used to have to spend some time with Mickey Barrett and myself and Mike Jackson and David Greer and making sure young Rashad Phillips stayed uh, attuned to attending class and um, there might have been a semester that you used to fight me about not opening a textbook <laughs> A certain communications class, but we won't go any more into that. But it's just (laughs) to spend 35 minutes with you tonight and to see the type of man you've become, not only high-level basketball extraordinaire, obviously demonstrated some incredible, admirable, you know, fathering techniques and love for your children, obviously respect you have for your own parents, but to see you not only excel on the court, but off the court with your ability to formulate and put all these thoughts in a book. I am just so darn proud of you, Shad. Thank you. You should be proud of yourself. I'm going to get the book. And I'm just hoping everyone gets the book. But when I read yeah. the book, I'm going to think about you every day and just like, I'm <laughs> so proud of you. And I'm so thankful for you taking some time out and sharing your thoughts about the book. Thank you, coach. It uh, means a lot. I'm excited for you to actually read the book and really spread to everyone. It's going to be an exciting journey in the book. Really is. Thanks, Shad. Appreciate your coach. Talk soon. That was a great conversation with Rashad Phillips. As you heard in the podcast, I've known Rashad since he graduated from Ferndale High School. And Rashad has always been an elite basketball mind. As you heard at the end of the conversation, when I rebounded for Rashad in college, all his makes had to be swishes. I knew when he was 18 years old, he was destined to be an incredible mid-major player. 
and Rashad never disappointed. The combination of him and his Titan teammates was simply amazing basketball. However, again, as you heard in the conclusion of this interview, I might be more proud of how Rashad is making such an impact today. Sure, his thoughts on basketball are next level. I've learned from him so much, and I can't wait to read his book from cover to cover. However, to see this young man make this educational journey, it is simply inspiring. Rashad Phillips, an author. I'm so proud of him, and I just played the smallest part in Rashad's journey. Bravo to Coach Perry Watson, Mickey Barrett, Michael Jackson, and David Greer. Much respect to Rashad's amazing parents. And Rashad, well done, my friend. Thank you, Rashad Phillips, for sharing your story. Please pre-order a copy of his book, The Evolution is Being Televised. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching. Happy holidays. And see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.